You're listening to the podcast of Church of the Holy Cross in Popper Bluff, Missouri, a community of faith learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at holycrosspb.org. mercy on me, a sinner. Well, good morning and welcome to Church of the Holy Cross on this one of my my favorite feast days. It's the the feast, the holy day of all saints, where we look back and honor our our heroes in the faith and and those that we love that have passed on and gone before us. And and as I was thinking about all saints, I I, I thought about this trip I took a few weeks ago uh, with my dad and my brother where we went out to Wyoming on a hunting trip. And uh, on the way out there, we stopped at Mount Rushmore, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Mount Rushmore is this incredible monument where we as Americans have, have shaped the earth and carved our heroes, our American heroes into the side of this mountain. It's an incredible, incredible feat, an incredible mark to who we are as Americans with George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. And, and, and we've marked the earth with these heroes of ours. And see, heroes are, are those that we look back and, and we honor for the life that we have today and we aspire to be like and that, that kind of create this ethos of the world and the good life and how we envision it to be. And after uh, uh, Mount Rushmore was completed, there was a little bit of controversy as, a, as an Indian chief contacted one of the sculptors. So on November 7th, 1939, Henry Standing Bear wrote to the Polish-American sculptor Korzak Zyalkowski, who worked on Mount Rushmore under Gutsan Borglum. He informed the sculptor. He said, my fellow chiefs and I would like the white man to know that the red man has heroes too. And what he was telling him is that this way of life, this way of life that you've sculpted into this mountain, and while those are great men, we've got people that we aspire to be like too. People that have gone before us, that, that have shaped our life, that are so important to us. And so what he did, he started raising money and he hired Korzak to sculpt into the side of a mountain just down the road from Mount Rushmore of Crazy Horse, this great Indian chief warrior who had just uh, in his lifetime, just before that, had held out against uh, the aggression of the, the United States Cavalry as they came in and there were many wars fought. And so still yet, they're still working on building this uh, monument to Crazy Horse in the side of this mountain. It'll be one of the largest monuments in the United States, dwarfing Mount Rushmore that's, that's uh, uh, being sculpted completely on donations. No federal funds have been, been given in. And I thought of this story uh, of, of this combating and this, these dueling monuments, these dueling heroes, these dueling ways of honoring and remembering those that have gone before. And it reminded me of All Saints, because All Saints is one of these holidays, these, these feast days that, that we set up our heroes, that we look back and we remember those that have gone before us, that we remember and honor those who, who live the good life or what we think the good life should be. All Saints is how we honor and remember the real heroes in the kingdom of God, which are seldom hewn into mountains. And see, All Saints sets, a, sets up this dichotomy of heroes between our heroes as Christians and the heroes we're told that we need to honor in the world around us. 
See, oftentimes we're being discipled by a 24-hour news cycle that teaches us and disciples us into a particular vision and idea of the good life. It teaches us who to be mad at, who to support, who to, who to hold up as the vision of what life should be like. All Saints is how we push back against that. All Saints is how we push back and remember who the real heroes are in the story that God is telling. The values of our world, the values of, of who is a hero and who is not is different for us as Christians in the kingdom of God. And see, even in Jesus' day, the values of the Roman world placed, just like us, placed position, power, and possessions as the necessary elements to the good life. But the values of the kingdom of God are shaped by an otherworldly mindset that is paradoxically, that paradoxically includes poverty, peacemaking, and persecution. All Saints is one of our monuments to remind us of those that are close to God and that, that model the good life in the kingdom of God. We do this to remind ourselves and to honor those that have gone before us. But first, first this, what is a saint? Because oftentimes we have all these different ideas on what a saint is. Maybe it's, uh, we think of somebody that's just an exceptionally good person, or we think of maybe a saint as someone that has to be canonized by the church or, or, or that does miracles or whatever. In Scripture, we see that uh, throughout a number of places, this word saint is used, but it also translates a number of different ways. The word is uh, the Greek hagios. It's where we get our word holy. Holy just means separate, set apart. And depending on the context, sometimes it's translated saint, someone who is holy and set apart. But what is a saint? Who are the saints? And to illustrate what a saint is, I want to look at this one story real quick from Luke 7 about John the Baptist. After he's been thrown in jail, uh, the disciples come and they're talking with Jesus about John the Baptist. And he says this in Luke 7, what then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you. And more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you and will prepare your way before you. See, we know that John the Baptist is a pretty important guy. His whole purpose in life, the reason that he came to be, was to go before the Messiah and to prepare his way, to, to prepare the way for Jesus. He was, he was a very central figure in the, the story of the gospel. And Jesus says this, I tell you, among those born of women, no one is greater than John. But catch this. This is where he throws it on his head a little bit. Yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than than he. What in the world? What Jesus is saying is that the least in the kingdom of God, that would be, I would imagine, most of us, least in the kingdom of God. And yet Jesus is saying, those are greater than John the Baptist. How is this? It's all about proximity. It's all about proximity to Jesus. See, through the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of the Spirit in the church and, and the, the resurrection of Jesus, that we have particular access and proximity to God uh, through the Holy Spirit that even John the Baptist didn't have. Here's what I want you to know about a saint. A saint is not one who has attained a particular state of holiness, but who is in particular proximity to Jesus. In particular proximity to Jesus. And I also love how Bishop Robert Barron says it. He says a saint is someone who has decentered their life. They've decentered their life from what they, they used to believe was the good life. 
They've decentered their life from what the world around us tells tells us the the good life is, position, power, and possessions, and instead have centered their life around the person and the work of Jesus Christ. It's about proximity to Jesus. Saints are those that are in particular proximity to Jesus. So that's what we're doing today with all saints. We're honoring those saints who have had particular proximity to Jesus and are wonderful examples for us and we set them up as our heroes, those that we believe have lived a good life and that we want to learn from and pray for and and receive prayers from, these saints that have gone before us. So we do three things at All Saints. We look back, we look forward, and then we look around. We look back at these saints. These saints aren't, aren't, as I said, these these aren't, they haven't attained a particular thing, but they're in particular proximity to Jesus. So these are normal everyday people, or at least they began that way, much like us. And yet they've accomplished great things often. So I think of saints like uh, one mother whose son was, was running from Christ as far and as hard as he could, and she persevered in prayer for her son. And, and, and served him and, and prayed for him and continued to serve him. And that mother that I, that I have in mind is uh, St. Monica, whose son, St. Augustine, uh, shaped our view and our walk with Christ so much in the West, more than almost any other person. He's, he was an incredible saint as well. And it was because of the simple acts and the faith of his mother, Monica. And I think of folks like Thomas Aquinas, uh, who also shaped our world so much, um, uh, and there's a story about Thomas Aquinas that uh, after he became a Christian and renounced so many things, his parents weren't very happy about it. And so they locked him in a tower. And while he was locked in a tower, they sent a prostitute to him to try to uh, talk him into giving up his new walk. And instead of giving into that or thinking he could convert her or whatever else, he ran her out of the room with a fire poker. And while that's a, a humorous story, what it shows us is how seriously he took sin. And how seriously he took uh, eliminating uh, the possibility of sin in his life. And it's stories like this that we pick up and we can learn from the saints. And even better and maybe less humorous stories than that. But all saints is how we honor and remember those that have gone before us. So we look back at those saints. But we also look forward. Here's the thing about all saints. We look forward to, as we just heard in in the, the, the passages that we read today of Resur- uh, uh, from Revelation about how we'll be gathered together, all clothed in white, gathered around the throne of God, proclaiming these things. We look forward to ultimately being united with all the saints that have gone before us. And you know, All Saints is uh, stuck in the middle of, of three holy days there. We've got All Hallows' Eve, and then the one that comes on November 2nd is is All Souls Day, where we look back and we remember and honor those loved ones that have died and gone, gone on before us. And they've all kind of converged and come together into this one holy day that we celebrate on Sunday as, as All Saints. And there will come a day, as we heard in Revelation, where we will be reunited with all those that we love in the kingdom of God that have gone before us. So we look forward to that consummation. But even though there is a final consummation at the resurrection, there's already a a, a mystical measure of sharing in that life of heaven uh, with those. And we understand this is is the great communion of the saints, that even though those saints have died and gone on before us to be with Christ, that there is still some way that we're connected with them through the Eucharist, through the bread and the wine, through the waters of baptism. We know this because 
like in, in Luke 20 where Jesus is debating with the Sadducees. And he says, and the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all of them are alive. So in this mystical sense that I'm not even going to begin to try to explain, in some way, even yet today, we're united with the saints through the Eucharist and through the fellowship of the body of believers. But we also look around. At all saints, we look back at the saints that have gone before us. We look forward to the ultimate consummation where we can be reunited, but we look around us because God is still at work and is present in our life today. And there are many saints around us that we can, we can, we can fellowship with and engage with, but we also look to those who are not yet saints because God is present and at work. And there may be those that, 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 that are not yet saints that, are, that we are called to serve and to love through this fellowship of believers, through this communion of saints. William Temple said it this way, the arch, former archbishop said, the church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not yet its members. All saints is a way that we look around us as well and call those to repentance that are not yet saints. But again, the saints we know uh, that we honor and we remember possess nothing special in and of themselves but it was only their proximity and their determination, proximity to Jesus and their determination to follow him. See, a saint is not one who has attained a particular state of holiness, but one who is in particular proximity to Jesus. Sometimes we still confuse those things. And we think of somebody as a, who is a saint as someone who either maybe they weren't faced with the challenges that we are, when we consider why we haven't attained the same level of holiness or proximity to Jesus, or, or maybe Jesus revealed them, himself to them in some spectacular way, or, or something was different about them than about us. And that's just simply not true. I think about that sometimes when, when I read William Law, one of my favorite theologians who wrote a book uh, called a, a Serious Call to a Devout and Holy Life, and he says this, he says, it was this general intention that made the primitive Christians such eminent examples of piety. And if we are here to stop and ask ourselves why we are not as pious as the primitive Christians were, your own heart will tell you that it is neither through ignorance nor inability, but purely because you never thoroughly intended it. You see two persons one who we'd often call a saint and one who is not, one is regular in public and in private prayer, stays in, in, and continues and perseveres in public and private prayer, the other does not. Now the reason for the difference is not this, that one has strength and power to observe prayer and that the other has not. But the reason is this, that one intends to please God in the duties of devotion and the other has no intention about it. Now the case is the same. In the right or wrong use of our time or money, you see one person throwing away his time in sleep and idleness, in visiting and diversions, and his money in the most vain and unreasonable expenses. You see another careful of every day, dividing his hours by rules of reason and religion, and spending all his money in works of charity. Now the difference is not owing this, that one has strength and power to do thus, and the other does not. But it is owing to this, 
that one intends to please God in the right use of all his time and all his money, and the other has no intention about it. Paul begins the book of uh, the letter to the Corinthians by saying, to you, all who were called to be saints in Christ Jesus. We are called to be saints in Christ Jesus. We are called to particular proximity to Jesus in our life because this is the good life, not power or possessions or, or position, but proximity to Jesus. And oftentimes when we look back at the saints that have gone before us, those holy ones who have been such a model of the life, we sometimes relegate in our souls and in our mind that that couldn't be us. We couldn't possibly live that because somewhere or another they had a better vision of, of Jesus and the good life. Somewhere or another they were stronger or smarter or had more information or, or were just presented with the right opportunities. And maybe we weren't. But what William Law is telling us there is that that's not the case of all at all. It's our own inability and unwillingness to intend to the good life of the proximity of Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not at all saying that we can attain this on our own. This is purely a gift of grace of Jesus Christ and a gift of faith. But for us, most of the time, it's not the lack of the gift. It's the lack of intent. So those saints that have gone before us that we are to hold up as heroes are those who intended to please God in their actions. And we so often fall into idleness and sleep or whatever it may be. All saints reminds us that our call is to be saints as well and that it is there and that others have done it as well and that have pleased God and attained a good life in the kingdom of God and modeled those aspects of the good life that we hear in, in the Sermon on the Mount. But here's the last thing that All Saints does. All Saints reminds us of our end and our hope. You see, we do not have forever to accomplish this task. We do not have forever to, to, to follow Jesus on this earth, to make saints of the not yet saints that are around us. For we too have a, a limited time, just like those saints that we honor today, that we look back on, are dead and gone. We do not have forever to accomplish our task. Ours is a culture that runs from this idea, that runs from this principle of death that is imminent for all of us. All saints shows us that death is not something to be feared, but that we have a hope in death. If you see, today I'm preaching from our columbarium here at Holy Cross, surrounded by saints that have lived their life here with us. This is our end. We have limited time. And I'm reminded here, standing in front of these saints, of Hebrews 12, where it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. 
In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. About eight or nine years ago, I had an opportunity to travel to Rome with my wife, and, and we spent some time there and going around. And there's this incredible uh, crypt in, in Rome, the Capuchin Crypt, underneath these churches where there are tiny chapels located beneath the church of Santa Maria della Concenzione dei Capuccini. I cannot speak Italian, as you can tell. But these tiny chapels beneath these churches on the Via Veneto near the Piazza Barberini in Rome. What's so special about this place is that it contains the skeletal remains of 3,700 bodies of Capuchin friars buried by their order. The Catholic order insists, and as they, they tell you when they go in there, that this is not this display is not meant to be uh, 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 fearful or macabre, or, but it's a silent reminder of the swift passage of life on earth and our own mortality. They didn't set this up to be something that's scary but something that was joyful as they took the bodies of their brothers and decorated the walls with their bones and held them up as a reminder, a memento mori, if you will, of our own death and our own end, but also our hope. And what's so cool, there's this one spot in the, in the chapel, this one of the small ones down below where there's a plaque in the church and in three different languages it's inscribed. Surrounded by bones, says this, what you are now, we once were. What we are now, you soon shall be. It's this reminder, this memento mori, that we have an end coming, but we also have a hope. And that in this short time, we're called to be saints like those that have gone before us. And as I stand today in our columbarium, surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who testify, these here buried behind me, testify both to lives marked as those who threw off every weight and by those who clung tightly to that which weighed them down. Remember that we are not far from this as well. I'm literally surrounded by the ashes of our brothers and sisters. And I'm reminded of the charge given on Ash Wednesday. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you will return. All Saints is a way that we look back and we honor our heroes, that we remember that those who have gone before us and that were in particular proximity to Jesus, and it reminds us of our end, but also of our hope, that one day we will experience resurrection, that the hope of the Christian message is not a disembodied heaven somewhere deep far out of there, but that it comes in here. It's here and now, and yet someday even death itself, the bonds will be broke, and we will experience resurrection as we rise with Jesus and the saints and are reunited with all those who have modeled this before us. But our real hero here today, when we honor the saints that go before us in all saints, we honor the one who has made them holy. We honor Jesus as the real hero, the one who has broke the bonds of death for us, because it is Jesus who is our Holy One, our hero, and our hope. Amen. Amen.